want you to pray with me. Pray after me. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Revive me. Revive me. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Revive my marriage. Revive my marriage. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Revive the church. Revive the church. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Revive thy work. Revive thy work. Your people. Your people. We are your workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ. Unto good works. Revive us. Revive us. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Bring us back. Bring us back. To consciousness. To consciousness. Cause us. Cause us. To become aware. To become aware. And to be awake. And to be awake. Bring us back. Bring us back. To life. To life. We don't just want to exist. We don't just want to exist. We want to live. We want to live. Bring us back. Bring us back. To vigor. To vigor. Bring us back. Bring us back. To use. To use. Validate us. Validate us. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Strengthen us. Strengthen us. Empower us. Empower us. Deliver us. Deliver us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor it is well with you. Tell your neighbor God has begun the process of revival in your life, in your family, in all that you do, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to thank our Father, the Vicar, and the Chapel Council for the opportunity given to me to share on this very high day. Every day is high, you, but today is very, very high. Amen. On this high day, and I, would, I, I appreciate you, Daddy, and the chaplains. Amen. Hallelujah. I had nothing but heartache and trouble. I was seeking for fortune and fame. I had nothing but doubt and confusion. But now I have I have Jesus and He is the way. He has saved me and He gave me life eternal. Oh, and now I have everything. I have everything. I
plans for my future. I had lived all my lifetime in vain. Then I prayed for life only meaning. And now I have Catalyst of Revival. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 from verse 25. The Bible says there, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. There was a man. And behold, there was a man. And this man was just and devout. The way the, the Bible introduced Simeon was completely, is completely different from the way the Bible introduced Zechariah. Most of the people you see their introduction or you read their introduction, they will tell you of, they will tell you the person's name tell you the person's father, tell you the division or the tribe where he's coming from, but this one, he says, there was a man. Tell your neighbor, there was a man. Let's pause and talk about man. There are four Hebrew words that defines man in the Bible. Number one is Adam. Adam means humanity at large. Number two, 
You find it in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. The Bible says that Seth gave birth to a son and he called his name Enosh. And the Bible says, a man began to call upon God. Why? This man started calling upon God. Was that because of the name? That's the, the, the next word there, Enosh. And if you go to Psalm 8, verse 4 and verse 5, David was wondering why God was so, was so kind to him, was mindful of him. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, you made him a little lower than angels, you crowned him with honor and glory. And if you go to Job chapter 4 verse 17, he said, can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be pure than his maker? So, Enosh means mortal. Mortal. Tell your neighbor you are mortal. Tell your neighbor you are mortal. A mortal means man in his frailty, man in his limitations, man in his imperfections. Maybe that was the reason why the men during the time of Seth, when Seth gave his son that name, Enosh, they came to the realization, I don't know, I don't know, we are frail, we are limited, we have imperfections all around us. If you go to Isaiah chapter 32, verse 2, talked about another man there. And it means, the, the, the Hebrew word there is ish. I-S-H. Ish. And ish is a man, a husband, a male with a sense of dignity. So I am speaking to men that have sense of dignity. I'm speaking to dignified men. Hallelujah. Number four. You go to Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 22. The Hebrew word for man there is Geba. G-E-B-E-R. Geba. What does Geba mean? A champion. A hero. A warrior. A mighty man. A man in all his strengths. So I'm speaking to men. I'm speaking to fathers this morning. I'm speaking to husbands. I'm speaking to heroes here. I'm speaking to champions here. I'm speaking to warriors here. I'm speaking to mighty men. I'm speaking to men in all their strengths. Please, I want you, as you are seated, men, can you look at your neighbor and say, and give him, and, 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 and say something. Say this thing that I'm going to declare right now. Greetings to you, dear father. I celebrate with you. I thank God for your life. You're a, you are a huge blessing to your family and to this church. A great supporter of good and righteous cause. An encourager. Whenever I see you, you encourage me. 
You encourage me a lot. You are a strength. A no, a no nonsense fearless man. In God's kingdom exploits. You are a father. You are a husband of one wife. A mentor. A coach. A warrior. An understanding man. A man full of God's wisdom. One that inspires others. A giver. A factor. When it has to do with kingdoms, kingdom matters. My brother, time will fail me to say more about you. May our Heavenly Father keep, preserve, protect, provide, promote, prosper, direct, and deliver you in times like this. In Jesus' mighty name. There was a man. There was a man. The Bible did not say or declare his tribe. But this man lives in Jerusalem. There was a man who lives in Enugu. No address. No father. Was he real? Yes, he was real. There was a man. From the text that we read this morning, we see four things that catalyzes one. We're going to look at four things that catalyze this one. Number one, this man was just. He was a just man. He was just. The Bible says that we are, the just shall live by faith. We have been sanctified by Christ. So our relationship with Christ is sanctified. The just shall live by faith. Put your life before Christ. And Christ will give you a pass mark. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, put your life before Christ. And Christ will give you a pass mark. The second, the second thing. This man was devout. He was devoted. He was devoted to God. Your devotion must be approved. You must be able to devise devotional capacity with God. You must be able to devise devotional capacity with God. A. Your devotion in prayer. As I'm speaking to men, how often do you pray? Can I ask us, do you know how many times a Muslim prays a day? How many times? Five times. Five times. Do you know how many times a Hebrew man prays a day? Three times. A Muslim prays five times. How many times do you pray? How many times do I pray? Is it just early in the morning when you gather your children for the morning devotion? And then in the night you are so tired. And you go to bed. And you wake up early in the morning again. And you pray again. And there is no other time 
The other, the other time you pray, maybe, maybe the time you come to church. Apart from the, that early morning prayer you do, or perhaps night prayer you pray with your, with your family. That's all. As you grow in God, God begins to take you deeper and deeper into Him. And you can no longer pray, pray that you know, early morning prayer, morning devotion, and night devotion. You go deeper in the place of prayer. B, your devotion in studying the Word of God. How often do you study the Word of God? C, your devotion in worship. D, your devotion in quiet time. You devote time to... To wait patiently before God. And E, your devotion in consecration. We consecrate our lives, ourselves, to belong to the Lord in a new way. In fact, this new way is the only way by which we truly become who we are. When you consecrate your life, trust your life to Him. All these are dimensions of devotions that will begin to apply in our lives if we must become agents or catalysts of revival. Your devotion and capacity responds to God. When you begin to, when you begin to do these things, it will begin to draw you closer. God will, you see that particular place where we, that, that song we, you usually, uh, we you usually sing, draw me nearer, nearer to thee, Lord, draw me nearer, nearer to thee. Manoye draw closer through your devotion. Through these different dimensions of devotion. This was why Simeon was moved by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to that place in um, Luke. So we've seen that the man was just. We've also seen that the man was devout, devoted to God. Developed dimensions of devotions that drew him closer to God more and more. The man was also waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's the third thing. Was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The man was selfless, not seeking his own. He had the heart of, of the, of, for, for God's people. He was praying, asking God, searching and asking God, when will Israel be comforted? It was the same thing that happened to Daniel. As they were about to, uh, to, to go, go to Babylon, he heard Jeremiah speak that you people are going to spend 70 years in uh, Babylon. He needed to counter what the, the false prophets were telling them. Okay, for this uh, captivity now. In two years, three years' time, you'll come back. So, Jeremiah told them, You are going to spend 70 years 
And Daniel was about 17 years old, a teenager. When he heard Jeremiah say that. And about 90 years, when he was a prime minister in Babylon, 73 years has passed. And he began to seek God. And of course, you know that Daniel was another man that had this level of high dimensional devotional devotion, high dimensional devotion towards God. Man was so close. You remember that there was a time they brought a, they brought a law. Nobody should petition to any God in 30 days. Only to the king. But the Bible says that this man, Daniel, when he read that, when the hour of prayer came, what did he do? He went to his house, the upper room, opened the window that was facing Jerusalem and began to pray. The decree didn't stop him. The decree never stopped him. And the man began to pray for Israel. Can I tell you, open up one at my level, I may go that prime minister level. For the I local government, Father Lose Bebele. There are some people that will start coming to church. You call fasting and prayer, they are there. Revival prayer meeting, they are there. Every prayer meeting, they are there. Night vigil, they are there. And suddenly, God opens a door for them. And you begin to wonder. Daddy will call. Nah, frog in a church. I've been so busy. We have a church needy. We have a church needy. I'm ready to give you some money. Or forget, or forget yeah, that there was a time she was praying before this altar and was crying and saying, God, God, even if you give me a job, I will not, I will not forget you, I will not forget you, I will not forsake you. But now the job has come. And he's no longer in church. But he's ready to bring money. We need your money, but God needs you more. Hallelujah. He wants to see Israel redeemed. He wants to see Israel delivered. This man was waiting for the consolation, the comfort of Israel. He was searching. There was a school of thought that said that... Uh, Simeon was almost close to 200 years. Now at 90, 110. But Simeon was about 200 years. In fact, family on a journey And so they were following, they used to follow him around. They followed Simeon because he may die on the road. He may die while walking. So for 200, for over close to 200 years, this man was alive. Um, and because there was something, there was a revelation, there was something that the Holy Spirit revealed to him. What was that? What was that? Verse 26. What does he say? And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What was happening to Israel then? was not palatable because the Roman government was dealing with Israel. The Roman government at that time was, they were ruling the whole world as, as it were. And so what Israel was going through, 
this move this man to begin to call upon God. Move this man to begin to we, we, wait upon God. I say, Lord, when will the Messiah come? When will Messiah come? When, I, when is this thing going to happen? And this third thing was a third thing that attracted the Holy Spirit to him. If you go back to verse 25, the last line, and the Holy Spirit was what? Was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him when you, when you are justified, it means you are born again and you are being devoted to God and your heart yields after his kingdom. The Holy Spirit is in your life. And then in that verse 25, we see that the Holy Spirit was attracted to him and not invited. The Holy Spirit was attracted to him and not invited. What the man was doing attracted the Holy Spirit. Many a times we plan programs. We plan programs... I've been a pastor, I've been a vice president of a church, I've, I've um, been a resident pastor, I've been a cathedral pastor of a church. Sometimes we'll read a particular portion of the scriptures and we'll be inspired by that particular, inspired though, not the Holy Spirit inspiring you because sometimes you can be stirred up oh, by a word and suddenly you, you read a place. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And then the next thing is a program. And then we'll begin to plan it. We'll gather the pastors, gather everybody, and we'll begin to plan. And then we'll plan everything. We'll get a man of God that will, in the, in the course of the meeting, he will raise money. And then as we are planning that program, then we'll begin to we'll raise up prayer squad members who will begin to pray and fast. And we'll begin to invite what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was not the one that inspired you. You decided to do that program. I can give you so many examples. Many a time we invite the Holy Spirit and yet there is no devotion in you. I'm not saying that you shouldn't invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Invite him to come and do something. But when you begin to do this, enter into this dimensional devotion, the Holy Spirit will begin to be attracted to you. Of course, you know that flies are attracted. Ants can be attracted. Isn't that so? And so also, evil spirits can also be attracted. Three weeks ago, I was just sharing with my children what we used to do when we were small. And I would tell them, let's do a magic. 
And then I will tell them to confess what I confess. I will not say it. And so, after doing that, my daughter said, Ah, Daddy, when I name see if I'm a woman, of course. So one day, I used that particular, uh, I made a particular uh, statement. I called my son, I said, Asha. I said, Daddy, I'm not going to say anything before I attract demon to myself now. Clean spirits are attracted. Demonic spirits can be also be attracted. Just like flies can be attracted. If you drop a cube of sugar, sugar out there now, ants will gather. Begin to do the things that will attract the Holy Spirit around you. God grants you access into the supernatural. When you begin to do these things, God will begin to grant you access into the supernatural. The man Simeon, God granted him access. And he revealed to him and told him, You are not going to die. The age grade, another age grade, another age grade, because and he held on to that. He said, You will not die until you see the instrument of salvation. You will not die. So with these dimensions of devotion, you find out that God will grant you access. Sometimes you begin to see the invisible. You see the invisible. You hear the inaudible. You do the impossibles. You touch the intangibles. And you have the unimaginables. Five. Seeing the invisible. Hearing the inaudible. Doing the impossible, touching the intangibles, and having the unimaginables. There were men. When I read about Ezekiel, when I read of men like Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul will tell you, I knew a man. I knew a man. He never called his name. But we know, when you read it, you know that he was talking about him. And Ezekiel was another man that understood the invisible so much that God will take him by the spirit for the unbelievers on the occultic they will call it clairvoyance the spirit of God took Ezekiel from river Cheba in Babylon took him by the lock of his head he was there still there ministering to the elders of Israel in Babylon speaking to them but the spirit took him and brought him to Jerusalem and said Ezekiel, let me show you. Each time I am about to come to this temple, there are certain things I see. When I see it, I go back. When I see what people do, he said, come, let me show you. And he showed him a tunnel. And the tunnel opened. Because it was by the Spirit. And he went down that tunnel. In Ezekiel chapter 8. And, they, and he began to show him four-feeded animals that were drawn on the walls. And then he said, let me show you another bigger abomination. And he showed him, this is a man oh, that, has one, that has two eyes, two ears, like Monaganabo. What anything too, too, too special about Ezekiel? Just that. That man developed their devotional capacity that made him to access the supernatural. And he said, let me show you. 
There are 25 men. He saw men that were worshipping. He said, you see, God told him, you see the reason why? See the reason why I can't come in here? And he said, begin, begin to prophesy over them. Prophesy. And as he began to prophesy, they began to die. God will grant you access into the supernatural. And you begin to see the invisible. You hear the inaudible. Sometimes you begin to do impossible things. People begin to wonder, ah, how come? Impossible things. And you begin to touch intangible things. Sir, the men of old in the Bible, they so much believed in the intangibles. Today, we believe in the tangibles. We believe so much in the tangible, not the intangibles. The intangibles are more important, are more real than the tangible. I was asking the Lord a few days ago, why was it that the men in Acts of the Apostles chapter 4 said that they began to sell, sell their properties, sell their lands, sell proper, some of their properties and they were giving it to the poor. They called it great grace. Great grace. And we pray that prayer, great grace. He gave me a great grace. He gave me a great grace. He gave me a great grace. Ananias and who? Because your eyes, it can focus on the tangible. We need to move away from the tangible and begin to look, focus our eyes on the intangibles. Praise the Lord. So these three elements, the man was just. The man was devout. The man was selfless. The man was praying for, for the redeem, the deliverance of Israel. So these three elements attracted the Holy Spirit. And these four stages are the Holy Spirit coming defines you as a catalyst of revival. When the Holy Spirit comes in you, you begin to operate in the realm of revelation. Let's see verse 26. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you begin to operate in the realm of revelation. Let's read it together. Luke, Luke chapter 2 verse 26. What does it say? And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You cannot be able to drive the revival as a father except on the platform of revelation. I remember when I turned 50, six years ago, I went to revival city to pray. And when I finished and I was coming down from the mountain, I met a woman of God, prophetess there. And um, I went to her. I said, please pray for me. I am 50 today. And as she began to pray, First question she asked was, Pastor KK, Kedi Fechine Kene at 50. 
What is God telling you at 50? Makon will leave it to you at 50. If it's in a canal, now from 50 to 60, and I began to share with her the things that God had already told me before that 19th March. And she rejoiced with me and then she prayed. What is God telling you? Because as a father, what is God telling you about your child? About that your stubborn child? It about that child. Yes. But keep praying. But never you confess negative about that child. Keep believing God. Keep trusting God. One day he will speak to you about that child. I was in a Panebita's office one day, many years ago. And one man I have known for a very long time. I've not seen him for a long time. And I, I saw him there. And he said, ah, Pastor, Pastor KK. I said, so you remembered me? He said, yes, I remember you. And then, after exchanging pleasantries, he now began to tell me, Pastor, because I was a fool, stupid boys, stupid boys. I don't know, as a father, the comments you are making about your children. I don't know. I don't know. If you seek him in your heart, the Holy Spirit will show you something that you will get up and act based on it when you seek him in your heart. The revival that fathers will drive will be based on revelation. about this? family what is he telling you about your family? What is he telling you about, about that condition? What is he telling you? Yes, so many businesses are down and you are so discouraged and you don't know how to go about it. If you are a child of God and you are involved in this five-dimensional devotion, listen to me. The Holy Spirit definitely will speak to you and he will encourage you. If you believe, you shout a better amen. amen. Hallelujah. The revival that fathers will drive will be based on revelation and you can't have revelation except you are born again and justified. Your level of devotion brings you to the realm of revelation. And then the Holy Spirit is the tool that brings revelation into your spirit. Revelation makes things visible. Tell your neighbor, revelation makes things visible. If I so many deep things in Maromachia, God will begin to show it to you. In verse 32, let's go to verse 32. Verse 32. What does he say? Can we read it together? One, two, go. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people, Israel. Let's repeat it again. A light to bring revelation to Gentiles and the glory of your, your people, Israel. Amen. It is the message that makes the messenger. It is not the messenger that makes the message. The message qualifies and identifies the messenger. 
Let's look at two aspects of revival. Two aspects of revival. Is there in that verse 32. A. A glory to Israel. B. What? A light to what? The Gentiles. The second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ will take care of Israel. Until he comes, they will not accept him as the Messiah. The second time and they accept him. The revival will lighten up the Gentile world. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible says this Jesus is going to be a light to the Gentiles. The Gentiles' light must come before the glory of Israel. In John chapter 1 verse 5, it says, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is a true light that lightens every man. So when you encounter Jesus, you become a light. You will become the reflection of Christ. It's not people who are the churchgoers, but people who will appear and darkness will go. And we're a lot of churchgoers in the church. I don't mean this church. I mean the body of Christ. We have a lot of churchgoers. I remember 1988 when I gave my life to the Lord. I joined a particular fellowship, Faith Clinic, by late Dr. Ibereme of Blessed Memory. And we joined the deliverance team. And we, we were preparing for a particular program at, in Oko, at Oko Polytechnic. And we traveled. When we got there, Deliverance started. And you remember the kind of deliverance they were doing then. Bebele deliverance. And I woke quickly. They turned around. And this one particular case, we were busy trying to handle that case for almost two hours. That, that young girl, Jida in Oro, and we were just I the young girl charge everyone. go Bible. You don't Bible. Bible. You Because we later on started asking those ones, and the person is Yoko. So in the church, we have church goers in church who can't do much. But when Christ enters you, and you carry lights. I know at that particular deliverance meeting, from around 11 p.m. till about 2.30, we are still handling this. Ibn Eme was also handling others. But one thing with that man, cases I handle because I did a practical, practical kind of. And the demons were dealing with us. 
And I noticed that this man will come. He didn't handle her. The man bata hano zibozo the the one known as the particular person. I will go, I will go, I will go, I will go, I will go. If you didn't monopoa, but you put on your own, you under group. The same thing come make the those demons were cast out. Those, those demons will see Ibenene and they will begin to scream and run and and, and disappear. And when I came back, I sat down. Njubo gobajo. Maka bona ajunya bifo bona ekunya bifo mu adoje achoro kokuo nke mo. I don't know about you. As a father now, you open up can you can we access your phone? Can we access your phone? In my house, there was a day the phone was ringing and ringing and ringing. I, I was in the bathroom and the shout was Genozano phone. When I came out, I was I was scolding my wife, I was scolding this. Zano phone. What's the name? What I have a my son, my password, my daughter, my password. So when my password, so when phone it is, it is so secretive about your phone. There are other things you are so secretive about. And these things make us, we can't rise. We can't become that true light. We can't reflect Christ in our lives. We get into a place, demons cannot be afraid of us. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In these last days, we should be light that will lighten the darkness. Isaiah chapter 6, 60, 60 verse 1 to 3 says, What? Arise, shine, for your light is come. You know the sing, song. Let's sing it. Arise, shine, for your light is come. Oh, the glory of the Lord is risen. The glory of the Lord is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Arise, shine, arise, shine. For your light is come. Arise, shine, arise, shine. For your light is come. Oh, and the glory of the Lord is risen. And the glory of the Lord is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Basu says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the, and the deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, 
and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your rising. I want to close with this. Who are catalysts? Who are catalysts? They are not the priests. They are not, the, not, they are not men with titles. They are not men with degrees. But a man that has quali qualities that are accredited to God. Let me repeat again. Who are catalysts? They are not the priests. They are not men with titles. They are not men with degrees. But a man that has qualities that are accredited to God. What are those qualities? He is a just man. He is devoted to God. He has the Holy Spirit working in his life. He has the revelation of Christ in his heart. Then the Bible says, He moves by the Holy Spirit and walk in the ways of God. So these are qualities you are meant to have. Lord just reminded me something. I will end with this story. Sir, you know a cockerel? A cockerel? You ever have a cockerel? I want to end with it. When the eggs hatch and these chicks come, and they begin to move. You don't. You cannot identify which one, were hen, which one, beginning a cock. I want us to find out your calling. Find out where God wants you to fit in. Because before the invention of time, before the invention of time. God created the cockerel to be the accurate timekeeper for us. And up till now, the cockerel is still doing it, still keeping time. So as the cockerel begins to grow, that, those chicks begin to grow. Suddenly, at a point, you suddenly, if they ask you which one is a cockerel, a bone. And which one of you can readily say it. You can say it. Kefe Jama Ebene. Allah Dianisi. That comb begins to grow and grow. And as it's growing, every day you see the cockerel. As it's growing, it begins to exercise itself. Nobody, nobody teaches the cockerel 
we'll be doing exercise where at some point this particular if you saw if we saw yeah there bar it will come up and as it come as it comes up one day you see the cockerel and you will begin to will try to crow and you flap the wings and say go as he does go and he will stop one day by and we as it's beginning to one I chuck on my come back is a crew. First time it will try to no sound. We think we're gonna that thing will not discourage the cockerel. It will continue to do do it. But one day the cockerel gets up. And flaps his wings and say, Kokoroko. And the woman say, Kokoroko. It's like, Now no we are Koja. Okay, no we are. No we are. Omoa Melifa. Omoa Kweliko. Omoa Krulu. Moa, Moa. Palawa. Hey! You figure out, no Zebu. Kokoroko. 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 And then one area boy, the area boy in the area, will begin to pursue this cockerel. Two things. I am in charge in this area. Number two, you are not supposed to crow by this time. You are not meant to crow by this time. So in the daytime, you hear the cockerel will be crowing. Any cockerel you see crowing in the daytime, on this small, small one, second, twenty, twenty. But you notice that one day, Okrosie in the daytime, in the night, the cockerel is doing what? He's sleeping. And then, at some point, you will hear a fellow cockerel crow in the night. And you'll be wondering, I'm not supposed to be crowing in the morning. But on the day, because there's always a shift, there will always be a shift. Tell your neighbor, shift. Tell your neighbor shift. I'm talking to men now. There is a, there's going to be a shift after today. There's going to be a shift after today. Amen? I say amen. That very day, as he wakes up that morning, you will not hear the cockerel crow. Even the, the hens and others will be saying, Are you not, Why are you not crowing this morning? Why are you not crowing this morning? The cockerel will not crow again. Not crow. The cockerel won't crow. That's a shift. Tell you that what that's a shift. <laughs> but that night, because he did the, the cockerel didn't crow throughout the day, so it never dissipated energy. Because when you flap your wings, whap, whap, whap. Energy goes. So throughout the whole day, he's doing this. Kokoroko. 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 So in the night, when he's supposed to crow, he's not crowing. I don't know about you. You walk and walk and walk and do so many things. And then in the night, when you are supposed to be agitating in prayer, you are not doing that. I 
And then that night, by 1 a.m., the cockerel will hear and one cockerel. Kokoroko! And then, now my tear, Kokoroko! Mark my, the sound of my voice. Kokoroko! And then, Oti and a snooze. Then, after 15 minutes of Kwakwaziana, Kwakwaziana, after 15 minutes of Kwakwaziana, until 2 o'clock. Or 3 o'clock. Oti and snooze. Or by 4. Okay, 15 minutes, okay. Okay, 5 o'clock, OTS news, 5.15, okay. until 6 o'clock. After 6 o'clock, it will not grow again until the next night. Kokoroko, Kokoroko, but on I was there because so, oh, but I go and we go shift. And we go shift. Oh, but I go into what God expects him to be doing. Timekeeper. In the Ogwe, there's another one that will grow. Because that one has been growing for a long time. Kokoroko! Oh! You hear it? In Anwea Nobegi. When you hear the cockerel crow, the real one, the area one, the area boy. Kokoroko, oh, okay, I don't want to double. But the young ones that have just started. Kokoroko, okusia there. This morning, God is calling us, not just the men, but the church. It shifts. It's about to take place. Even in your prayer life, in your devotional life, in your, the study of the word of God, in your worship, in your consecration, there's a shift coming. Can we all stand? After two days, he will revive. Oh, on that day, Yeah.
close your eyes I want to make a call is there anyone here you're saying everything this, this man of God is saying is good but I'm not I'm not giving my life to the Lord I need a change in my heart I need to start all over again in my life and you want to say Jesus come into my heart can I see your hand and I see the hand anybody that wants to say Jesus here am I okay hallelujah nobody I want every one of us to put our two hands on our chest then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord oh, he's going In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Spirit of God, walk your will in our hearts. Walk your will in our lives. Cause every man here. And as a result of the change and touch in their lives, cause every home and family represented here to receive a new touch of your power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, revive every heart here, starting with the fathers. Make a turnaround in the areas and in the aspect of living that bring, Lord, a distance from you, an ordinary living that does not attract and have an influence of your spirit, one that has eye, burden, concern, only for the things that fill the belly, the things that the eyes can see, and the things that our hands can count and touch. Replace them with a hunger and a burden like Simeon's, with the eye that desires to see the invisible and experience your power and receive a visitation of your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray from today, may we remain at our posts like Habakkuk. May we remain every minute of our lives on our watch, burdened with an expectation that the revival of true religion, that the revival of true worship, that the reviving and the full presence of God carried in our lives as fathers, as mothers, as children, as family, will come and we will experience it in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we pray. 
as he did with Simeon, and he had that burden, he experienced the revival. He bathed the revival. He saw the symbol of revival. And he had to express, Lord, it is time to go. Father, we will experience your revival. We will experience your touch. We will experience a reviving of the old time religion. Your presence, your power, your miracles, your signs, and the evidence of a church that is in tune with you. Everyone, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for our fathers particularly now. And King of glory, I ask of you that these fathers, one by one, by reason of our corporate prayer, and by reason of your anointing in this corporate existence, Lord, pour out our spirit anew upon each father here today in the name of Jesus. Pour out your spirit anew upon every father who cannot be here for one reason or the other. In the name of Jesus, Father, vouch for them that you know them like you knew Abraham. Lord, vouch for them that their lives are before you. Lord, vouch for them that their lives are open. And if in any area they are weak to stand before you to be vouched for, Lord, bring a change in the name of Jesus. Cause a hell that is willing to be vouched for, the Lord, today, tomorrow, going throughout this year until it pleases you to bring about even a turn of event. Lord, may every father here have a confidence that you can vouch for him, that you know him in the name of Jesus. And those who mention the name of Christ, they depart from iniquity because the foundation of God stands sure having the seal that the Lord knows, that the Lord can vouch for those who are his. Father, may this be the confidence of every father here this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Henceforth, O oh God, may they be known of you on a personal level. May they be known by you, by their names, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, also cause that their wives can say, I know my husband. And he's real. He's authentic. He's a real husband. And if there be any area in which our wives cannot vouch in this respect, Lord, we ask you, as fathers, remove that flaw in the name of Jesus. We are willing for the change to begin with us. And it will flow into the family. Oh God, may our children say, I know my father. Not just that I know about my father. They know the fathers here. They know what they stand for. They know their goals. They know their driving ambition. 
They know they have a passion for God and the things of God. May this be for these fathers today in the name of Jesus. Vouch for them, O God. Authenticate them, O God, that they are the original fathers. Their children and their wives do not need to look for a role model outside them. There is none other beside them. They are enough to be looked up unto and to drive your presence in the homes, in our lives, in this nation, in our society. Lord, this is our prayer and so let it be in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for your mercy, your grace, your loving kindness and your truth upon our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for your son. You have ministered true. Grant him greater unction. Know him more. May he know you more. And may he wait, yet burdened with a tongue of change, not only for the family, but in the ministry you've committed unto him and a generational blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.